What you are about to listen to could be dangerous for anyone wishing to live a normal, safe life at the end of a cheesy cul-de-sac. Back to Jerusalem podcasts are not made in sterile recording studios with professional DD DJs, but instead behind enemy lines with horrible acoustics, bad internet connections, and suspicious-looking coffee. Listening to Back to Jerusalem podcasts could include unwanted side effects like selling your house, leaving your boring job, and uncontrollable desires to speak strange foreign languages. So buckle up, strap in, and hold on, because this is Fast Train, baby, to all those places your mother warned you about. And now, for your host, the man known for having a radio face, Eugene Bach, coming to you live on delay in 5, 4, 3, 2... Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Hong Kong. Today I have a guest. Um, He is the director of a ministry in China. His name is David Joannis. And he has a ministry called um, Within Within Reach Global. It is a ministry that is doing amazing things in China. And we are going to go to him live right now. Hey, David, you there? Yes, I am. Okay, great. So we, di- so we didn't lose you. Uh, you are, you're, you're in China right now, right? That's correct. I'm in southwest China in a city I've been living in for the last uh, nearly 17 years. Okay, great. And um, can you just introduce uh, for our audience a little bit just uh, who you are and a little bit about your background, just a really quick kind of uh, down and dirty introduction? Down and dirty. Okay, that's better than the elevator pitch, so here we go. (laughs) My name is uh, David Joannis. Uh, I'm the founder and president of Within Reach Global. Uh, We've been reaching people groups, very rural and ethnic uh, tribal peoples in southwest China for Nearly two decades. My wife, uh, who's Filipina, and I have traveled all over the Southwest Province, and um, our heart has just been growing for the, the unreached. And uh, writing a book right now, a little memoir travelogue about all my experiences throughout the years, and love to story tell and uh, get more people on board for the unreached. The, uh, the you you guys have actually been doing some mission outreach in Western China, like in the last week or so, right? That's correct. We have had a really busy schedule. Uh, we've been, we actually had four teams at the same time here. Uh, let's see, three from Northern California and then one from the Philippines. And uh, we've done everything. We have a, a youth camp for college students every year, annual student camp with Within Reach Global. 144 college students came to that. We had a pastors and leaders training. There was about uh, 97 pastors from all over China. Uh, we got medical uh, surgeries for cleft lip and hole in their hearts for children. So been busy, yes. Wow, holy cow! Uh, you said 144 college students. Yeah, we, we do English corners uh, three times a week, and at one point in the city, we were rated the top English corner in the city uh, on Baidu, a Chinese search engine. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's incredible how you know it. College students. In- kind of spiritual vacuum, hunger for God, and uh, at our annual student campus where all these relationships are built throughout the months and, and year, and then boom, we present the gospel, and it's a powerful time where 
salvations and baptisms, and uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, I, I actually, I loved doing um, English Corners when I was going to university uh, at uh, Yunda, and uh, actually, I did one of the first baptisms in a bathtub that I've ever done in my life uh, in Kunming because of English Corners. So I, I know that English Corners can just be a an amazing place to build, like, not just not just you know do outreach but to build real relationships with people and see them come to Christ and then do the whole discipleship uh thing together with them i I loved it I made some really good friends uh for a lifetime there yeah i I agree I did English corners twice a week for seven years and uh, down in Green Lake and uh man throughout those relationships. I love those stealthy baptisms in, in bathtubs, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do too. Now, uh, you are going to be coming in a little bit broken up, I think, more than other calls, because usually when I'm making other calls to others, um, they're usually in a place with good reception, but you're in China right now, so I think that that may actually contribute a little bit to the reception that we're getting. Um, it's a little choppy. I apologize. Yeah, no problem. We just think that you're super cool with this robotic type of uh, voice. Oh, do I have a robotic voice? Well, maybe I'll sound more epic on this pod- podcast. I'm not sure. Now, um, you have a ministry uh, called Within Reach Global. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I was in China for nearly a decade before and traveled extensively throughout the region before starting this, but in 2008, we began with Inreach Global, and basically it gave us, you know, for many more people to jump on board and join us in this passion for people who literally have no access to the Christian gospel, radio broadcasts, Bible bookstores, anything. And so, I mean, I often tell a story. You walk into a village and say, Have you ever heard of Jesus? And they'll say, Is that a brand of a soap? I mean... They have no concept of what a Jesus is. And, um, you know, our, our main focus, well, our, our mission statement at Within Reach Global is honor God, reach to unreached. So right at the core, you just kind of get this heart for Jesus, leaving the 99, you know, safely tucked away for a time for those ones who have never, ever had a chance to receive the gospel. And um, that's what we've been doing. We have a team of about uh, 25 local missionaries, Chinese, there are all different ethnic peoples, travel all over the province, and do church planting, evangelism, with a team of about 15 foreign missionaries. So God's just been faithful to bless and grow the ministry uh, over the years. That is that is that is really awesome. I love it. You're talking our heart language. Um, uh, have have could you tell us a little bit about what you are experiencing? Because of course, the way you're making it sound, um, you know, you can just kind of walk around the main part of Kunming with a soapbox and stand up and and preach and maybe have altar call in the middle of the street. Is it is it that open? people are a little bit more daring and crazy and precarious on the edge like that. <laughs> I may be one of those people, but uh, in general, no. I mean, you have to really be, well, you have to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. I mean, I've been interrogated in China over 22 times, um, long evening interrogations in very precarious situations on the borders of Vietnam, Myanmar, all over China. So you really have to 
feel where where the spirit's leading and also, by the way, my phone's been tapped many times by the police. One time I was in a vegetable market asking my wife, hey, what do you want uh, from the market? And suddenly I hear a break-in and a conversation on the other line in Chinese saying, he's saying something, don't say anything. And I said, hey, guys, if you're going to tap my phone, you've got to push the mute button here. So, you know, there is a time and a place for Everything. Do you have to be uh, stealthy and undercover at times? And it is not just public broadcast of the gospel uh, for the most part. Um, so it, it can be precarious at times. And have uh, have you ex- been have you experienced any of your friends? Um, and when I say friends, I'm talking about local friends uh, that have uh, that have been arrested or thrown in jail or um, or persecuted. Every single one of them, every single one of them as of last year. My my first experience started out in southeast China, Guangdong, and I met Pastor Samuel Lam, who always told everybody, more persecution, more growth. That's the history of the church. You've heard it before, I'm sure. And as of last year, one year ago, yesterday, actually, all of my local missionaries were all down on a border of Vietnam, and we got caught, we were sharing the gospel, uh, seeing great breakthroughs, the guys got beaten up, all of them. I was just with a brother today. He's the one who's helping these Burmese girls get surgeries for their severe cleft lips. I mean, the guy who showed up in my living room with cigarette butt burns all over his face. And so it's a real thing. Persecution is not just, you know, the removal of Starbucks Christ from Christmas cups. (laughs) It's rubber meets the road and uh, actual physical harm at times. Wow, so your friend had uh, burn marks from cigarettes on his face. That is correct, yes. Wow, so, and, and, and I mean, we're not talking about somebody who was dealing drugs or smuggling people or robbing individuals or doing bank robberies or uh, he wasn't, you know, sending out terrorists to blow people up in the middle of a marketplace. He was simply sharing, and let's pretend that he doesn't even, that you don't believe in, in, in Christianity. Uh, he's talking about a book and a man that teaches about love. I mean, and and he's being tortured and interrogated in that way. Um, can, uh, you've you've been in China now for about uh, uh, twenty years. I mean, you said that you started like uh, in the in the nineties. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, nineteen ninety seven. I first got here. Nineteen ninety five, actually. So 1995, you arrive in China, which is, by the way, that is during a a pretty intense time inside of China. For those that are not familiar with the Chinese timeline, basically things started opening up in the 80s. The church really started to take growth under the underground house church, especially Hunan province and Hui province. And then the 90s experienced a lot of persecution. Um, So have you seen any changes from the 80s? uh, I'm sorry, from the 90s in 1995 when you arrived and until today, 20 years later? I mean, you look outside of China. I'm standing on the 15th floor of a building looking out over what used to be rice fields and now is this burgeoning city of uh, skyscrapers. The change in China has been rapid economically, and I think there is some uh, stark differences over the years. I mean, you know, the Cultural Revolution, missionaries get kicked out in 1949, when the church blooms and grows under the hand of persecution. But even still, there are times when there's this pocket. Well, I think that there's a difference 
when you're going to different places that are struggling areas where already existing human traffic trafficking, methamphetamine production, you're going to be walking into a danger zone already. And yes, you're right about my friend. The biggest crime that he was doing is talking about the Christian gospel, sharing the love and grace of God. And yet he was interrogated, beaten up for three days, and chained in a jail. And so is that the norm? I wouldn't dare say that, although we both know that that happens regularly in China. But, but uh, the, the church in China is, is flourishing now and growing, and still amidst persecution. And so it's almost a, it's a funny thing. You, you kind of, you don't want to pray for persecution, obviously, but it's persecution that, that spurs on revival, and that's what we're seeing in China. Now, I don't know if you're aware of it or not. They were reporting it here in Hong Kong at the end of last month, um, So, which which was just a, a, about a, a week or two ago. So about a week or two ago in Beijing, uh, the president had a meeting with the leaders of uh, the Communist Party, came together, and then talked about the threat of Christianity uh, and, and how uh, the Chinese needed to be on guard against the foreign influence of Christianity. Have you heard anything about that? I live on backtojerusalem.com. I know oh. it's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. So um, uh, have you seen any difference between uh, 2013? and Because, I mean, now we just talked about the difference between 1995 and 2016. Yeah. Have you seen any difference between 2013 and 2016? It's always an ebb and flow, isn't it? The rise and flow of persecution. And, I mean, well, just last month's episode where the well-known pastor's wife was buried alive, I think it really um, brought a wave of persecution. For example, we were trying to set up this pastor's leader. I just got uh, bombarded with a group of smoking Chinese men here. Let me go downstairs. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. I, uh, I, I, you know, I'm so used to being in restaurants. You know, if you go to Southern California or whatever, nobody's smoking. And then I go on a bus trip in China, and I'm like two days of inhaling nicotine, uh, secondhand smoke. And um, I'm like, wow, okay. So I, um, I, 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 I feel much better now. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm right in your. Uh... Element two here. It felt like I was in the chimney doing a podcast. I'm back to So, yeah, uh, we were looking for a, a location for the Pastors and Leaders Conference. We have many different partners throughout the city. We exhausted all our resources. No one really wanted to stick out their neck at this moment because there is a sense of a little bit of uncertainty. And so we, we finally found a place. I mean, it was a second floor of an old furniture shop, just a cement shell. And, like, uh, it was just perfect in their underground training <laughs> in retrospect, but you can tell that people are a little bit on, on edge. In fact, one of the uh, girls was telling me, a uh, well-known pastor here, here in the city is actually being followed by Plainclothes Police at this moment. That's why he was unable to attend. He didn't want to draw attention to what we were doing. So, yeah, it's always an ebb and flow. It, it is difficult to put your finger on the pulse of what's happening because it changes so radically and dramatically. But yeah, I mean, after hearing from leadership, those, that is quite concerning to the underground church. Yeah. Uh, now, I, um, I, I saw when I was going through your website today, uh, I saw that you have a book 
Um, I don't know if this is the one that you're writing or the one that you've already written, but it has the coolest title I've ever seen for a book. I absolutely love it. It's called The Memories I Made Up. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. No, I am still writing that. Uh, 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 if you go to uh, you'll find it on every page. You know when you tell a story and then you forget a little part of it and then you embellish a little bit there and here. And I'm looking out over the city where all my memories have been made for the last 20 years of my life. And uh, I'm, I'm telling the story. It's basically a memoir travelogue of all my journeys, being caught by child soldiers of AK-47s in Burma and being interrogated here in Sugar Cane Factory. And uh, so the memories I made, yeah, it's very, it, the theme of it is this. Uh, in the song that says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And it's as if God is penning this epic narrative, which I'm a tiny, infinitesimal, and yet integral part of. And uh, so I'm really enjoying writing it. It'll be out soon in about a, a couple months. And uh, I'm excited to, you know, hopefully inspire more people to realize that God uses unassuming misfits to do great things for the kingdom, uh, i.e. my work in Prescott, Arizona. <laughs> Well, I have to tell you, um, we, you and I have never met face-to-face -face that I know of, and uh, I'm really hoping that we are going to be able to one day come together because I would, I love this, uh, just learning about what you guys are doing. Uh, you guys are right down our lane. I'm hoping that we can do a podcast later on in the future together live so that you're not broken up as, as, as bad as it is right now. But is, even though you're not coming across that clear – um, I really feel that the information that you're sharing is, is just, it's our lifeblood. So, uh, yeah. if there's any way we can touch base in the future, I would absolutely love it. I, I would love to. I also feel a real affinity and for what you're doing. And I'm, I'm so proud of what you're doing. So proud of back to Jerusalem. Um, I, I don't know. I love being part of this story. And I love how God brings partnerships into our lives, right? Uh, one of my leaders, I'm sure you know him. I'm going to mention his name. is Chuck Lenhart. You know Big Chuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone knows Big Chuck. Yep. Everybody knows Big Chuck. Uh, he probably, you know, when I lived in, uh, when, when I lived in Kunming or I met with Westerners or whatever, I usually used a different name. So he would, he would have no clue who Eugene Bach is. Um, but, uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, anybody that had, you know, spent any time in Kunming at all knew Big Chuck. I mean, he was a presence, a very big presence. Um, very big, literally and spiritually. And his one statement made a massive impact in my life. He said, David, remember, you're a small part of the big thing God is doing. And it always kind of puts me in my place, you know, as I feel God is promoting within reach global and the things we're doing. And it's only natural that he'll grow and extend our, our boundaries. But I know who I am. I'm just a small, tiny part of this big, epic narrative that God is telling. It's like his sitting in the heavens laughing at all the struggles that we, we see, he, he, mocking them, but he's not worried. He's not on the edge of his seat thinking, oh, no, is this going to work out the way I planned? I mean, you think of the unreached, one billion people who've never heard the gospel. My heart gets frustrated and angry and saddened about that, but somehow God has in his heart uh, the people he's going to call, the places he's going to send them, and people are going to be reached. If uh, if people want to know more about the the work that you're doing, where do they go for the, more information? Two places. 
uh, you can head on over to my website, davidjoannis.com. You probably uh, check it out on the name of the podcast here to spell my name, davidjoannis.com, as well as withinreachglobal.org. That's where we're regularly blasting out posts, uh, blogs, obviously our Facebook page as well. And, uh, yeah, we love partnerships, love to share the stories of the unreached and make them real, not this weird ethereal entity that you never heard about. They're actually real people, everyone, <laughs> and uh, right in the center of the heart of God. Excellent. Well, it, it's been really great talking with you, David. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, you and I, let's stay in touch because I really want to do this again. Uh, and if we could do it face to face, I would. I would absolutely love it. Uh, it's been a real. It's been a real treat, brother. Hey, thank you so much. It's an honor. God bless. All right. God bless you as well. Uh, people like that. Um, the 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 work that he's doing. The the things that he's. I mean. 20 years of his life, more than 20 years of his life spent in China, like he said, um, you know, caught, interrogated uh, more than 22 times, uh, spending time with a pastor friend that is helping him bring children from Burma up to the hospital that they're connecting with so that they can get cleft lip operations. So they're actually doing things to help the society around them. And they're interrogating this brother by burning his face with cig- with the end of lit cigarettes. This It's not because – sometimes I think that people can hear these stories and think, well, it's because the, the, the Chinese are evil. Or um, the you know the the juntas in in Burma are evil, or the North Koreans; those are some evil people. Um, the uh, the the Afghani's, uh, the the Iraqis, the Saudis. We can so often label these groups and and treat them as if they were born uh, evil. And of course, we know that we are all born with the with the uh, the gene, right? The the human gene of sin. But the truth is, Western societies, many of the people that are listening to this podcast that are coming from Western societies, we have been influenced by the good news of Jesus Christ. The, the, our societies are based on the Christian Judaic teachings of right and wrong. And so what we are seeing as a reaction to this brother should not be put us on guard against the Chinese or, or see them in an evil way. If anything, it should, it, it should fuel our desire to reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ it's because only Jesus is able to change them, change their heart, to, to change that, that social identity. You know, we were talking today, I was talking today with, with one of our friends from Australia and she had just gotten uh, ripped off for almost a hundred thousand U.S. dollars in a transaction that she was doing inside of China. And uh, as we were talking, I I had to remind myself that that is why we do what we do. That um, the the communism itself actually puts very little value on human life. 
And because it puts very little value on human life, it can take those lives quite easy. It, you, you can you see more death and destruction. Now, as we see Christ rising in, in, in China, being lifted up in Christianity, sweeping through the country, we see an effect, an impact on human rights, on animal rights, on equality, on equality for minorities. All of those things actually come as a result of the influence of the gospel, even if a society doesn't receive the gospel for themselves. That might be worth listening to again. That it is the influence of the gospel can actually change a society, even if the society themselves do not accept that gospel. Places that, uh, for instance, can see the value of Christians and, and, and bless them, they in turn as a society can be blessed. So the, the pastor that had his face burned with the end of cigarettes, that comes from a heart that has been removed from, its, from, from the Creator. And I just, I love what, what this, this group is doing, this within reach global. So if you have a chance to go to their website, check out, um, the work that they're doing. You can also follow them on Facebook. They're at within reach global.org. Um, that's with W I T H I N R E A C H G L O B A L.org. A great organization. Um, and, and I mean, just the things that he was mentioning that they did last week with the pastor's training, the student outreach, the uh, outreach to help children get this surgery. I mean, that is a that is a plateful of things to do. But it's not just a plateful of things to do in a country that has already heard the gospel. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, if you're supporting work in South America or Haiti or Jamaica or Kenya or Tanzania, that it's not good work. I'm keep on trucking, but we are talking about David in an unreached area, areas that from the time that these people are born to the time that they go to the grave, they never even one time get a chance to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. How unfair is it that there are people around the world that get to hear the good news of Jesus Christ many, many times throughout their entire life? And then there are others who never even get to hear it once. It's only good news if it reaches them in time. Thank you so much for joining us again for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Hong Kong. God bless you. There's a simple way for us to help ISIS victims. Drink tea. It's that simple. By drinking a cup of Back to Jerusalem Chinese tea, you will bring hope to the refugees displaced by ISIS. It is a healthy way to make a difference. So invite friends and family to your home for a Bible study around a warm pot of organic Chinese tea. Does your church have a cafe? Add Back to Jerusalem tea to the menu. All profits go to help ISIS victims in Iraq and Syria. My name is Jung, and I am an unashamed follower of Jesus Christ. It is considered quite dangerous for me to share the contents of this book, 
but these are stories that need to be told for God's glory and the encouragement of the church. So begins the extraordinary first-person account of a prominent leader of one of the largest underground churches in China. This dramatic true story is told in Back to Jerusalem's latest book, I Stand with Christ by Eugene Bach. I Stand with Christ is a detailed account about a former Communist Party member who took a stand for his faith in Jesus and was targeted for prison, work camps, and torture. See how he goes from the prison cell of China's maximum security prison to leading one of the largest underground house churches of 10 million believers. Be amazed at this true story of suffering, sacrifice, and triumph. I Stand With Christ is available at www.backtojerusalem.com or where books are sold.